Brain Injury Today is sponsored by the Washington State Traumatic Brain Injury Council and produced by Goal 17 Media, storytellers for the common good. When you can begin to allow yourself to have your feelings about all that has changed, then you can begin to say, well, what do I do well? Welcome to another episode of Brain Injury Today, your connection to the brain injury community. I'm your host, Deborah Crawley, Executive Director of the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington. And today we are very excited to welcome back our former board member and therapist, Lori Weissman. Um, Lori is really a gift to our community. She's helped thousands of brain injury survivors and more even their family. So the whole unit. Um, and Lori, welcome. I'm glad you're doing well. As I said, the people out there listening today cannot see your face, but isn't it the best thing to be able to see someone and know and say hello and good to see you. It's really nice to see you too. Yeah, I love seeing people on Zoom that I really care about um, because it's isolating at times. And I, I know that everyone is still struggling with the restrictions that we're all facing. Um, so it's just a really strong reminder of how important it is to stay connected in any way that we can. Well, human connections and loss are always big topics. And today it's a, a topic that um, you're going to guide me through. So, so we're, we're going to be talking about ambiguous loss. And while I think I may have an idea of what that means, um, can you give us that description of ambiguous loss? Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about this because this is one of the areas that is really, really important for me to help individuals and couples and families navigate through. And ambiguous loss is very, very different than if we suffer a loss from a death. Um, death is final. We have rituals to honor that and we grieve and then we move on. With ambiguous loss and traumatic brain injury, what is really different is that as time goes on and the brain heals, some people are fortunate and they regain all of their skills, um, but there's many, as we all know, that mm -hmm. have deficits that still linger. And so their personalities change, how they think and do things changes, their ability to manage their emotions change, and so this is a loss of um, who the person was. So it's very confusing because the person is still there. They pretty much look how the, like they did prior to their injury, um, but how they do things, how they behave, the nature of relationships have changed. And so this is one of the biggest adjustments that people need, that people go through Mm-hmm. You're right. When we lose, okay, through death or someone moving or, you know, really this tangible loss of someone in my life, you know, their rituals 
that you go through, whether, you know, even going away parties, you know, right? You do these things, right? And so we have to allow for folks, both the individual and the family, to find a way to honor that loss. And what's challenging about that is, as we all know, the first few years is really focused on recovery, getting any kind of therapy that is necessary to maximize that. And so no one is really thinking about this. Everyone is in the phase of, I'll be better, I'll get back to normal. And then after three, five years, people begin to realize, oh, my fatigue is still here. I'm not able to process as quickly and I'm not tracking conversations. I'm not able to be attuned to my partner like I was before. And so now the losses are starting to bubble to the surface and people are then ready to talk about it. And one of the things that makes it hard to have for people to talk about it, I wanted to respond to what you said right at the beginning, which is, when the injured person realizes they're different, there's a lot of shame and embarrassment Mm -hmm. that is an obstacle in them being able to talk about what is happening because they somehow, not everyone, but many feel that they should be able to overcome this and there's something wrong with them. Right. Um, And then the partner, if they're partnered, will feel angry often because they're they get frustrated because they're not Mm -hmm. doing things like they were before Mm -hmm. and um and they feel guilty and um they they feel torn that they're not being understanding but it's there's so much uncertainty that people face and there's no closure in this type of thing And so it's critical for people to move on, to be able to learn about this and to absolutely know that it's normal to have feelings like anger and depression and fear. Mm -hmm. Um, It goes with the loss. And if people don't accept that and acknowledge that, it becomes virtually impossible to move on. I do see the same between couples and families because with families and in all relationships in a family right because we work with parents who have a child and often a teenage child so really when that child is hitting you know that point of like you can see the future you can start future visioning with them and all of this and then it is it is changed there is loss and there's loss for the parents as much as that child. And so can you speak to how can family members accept the new normal? Because these are really hard losses. Mm. I mean, how do you, how do they move through that? Well, there's many things that can support that, but I am a little biased to getting counseling. (laughs) I yeah, I do not believe we can do this kind of healing in a vacuum. We have to be able to have someone help us navigate and normalize um, the feelings that come up yeah. because otherwise we get overwhelmed and then depression sets in and then we become paralyzed. So 
the, you know, the first step is, you know, find someone that understands brain injury, that understands ambiguous loss, because mm -hmm. I believe that's super important. Otherwise, people will just tell you, we just set goals and move on. <laughs> and um, that's the worst thing that anyone could ever say to this population. Right. Um, and so when I'm working with people, I, I always create space for education, talking to them about what I'm talking about right now, that this is something that is part of the recovery. And it usually starts a few years post-injury. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and that with this type of, you know, moving through, accepting the losses requires um, having feelings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't want anyone to ever minimize them. They're real. It, it hurts. You get to be pissed off about it. You didn't ask for this. You know, you were just tootling along in your life and then it happened. So um, it's a big deal. And um, you need to have your feelings about it. It's not easy. Um, and what's so important to remember amidst all the changes is that the injured person's heart and soul is intact. That's what I always make sure that I help the injured person know, as well as the family members, um, because it's true. Mm -hmm. And then when you can begin to allow yourself to have your feelings about all that has changed, then you can begin to say, well, what, 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 what do I do well? What are my strengths now? Mm -hmm. Right? I've seen so many people come to realize, oh my gosh, I'm an artist. Oh my gosh, I really like to help people, you know, and they were a tech person before, and right. they could, you know, so um, we're so much more than what we believe. And this is called resilience. Mm -hmm. And some people are just more resilient than mm -hmm. others. But if they're not, people can learn to be more resilient. Um, so I want people to know that. And it, it's developing like this emotional muscle of resilience. So moving into um, accepting, you know, how you are now. Mm -hmm. and your strengths mm -hmm. and focusing on that. Right. And then what happens is, you know, someone will have a bad day, their fatigue sets in, they're having a horrible migraine, they're not able to think of words, and then they fall into, um, you know, hopelessness and some depression. Right. And, um, and so it's learning how to navigate with what is, and then grieving what was. Right. And, um, and quite honestly, you can never forget who you were, right? Yeah. Hopes and dreams, even for teenage kids, parents have hopes and dreams for their kids to go to college maybe, or take over a family business. And, you know, they want to be grandparents and all of a sudden that has changed. And so there is a lot of, you have to let go of that and, how you do that is through talking. It's through developing a spiritual practice, if that fits for you. Mm -hmm. Having faith is um, a very supportive strategy. Staying connected in community and friends that understand and get it, that don't try to fix anything. Um, I like, you know, that was actually my next piece is 
and what you just said of friends who understand but don't try to fix it because part of it is we all go through a lot in life and we do but for many of us there's someone else who has a lot of folks have gone through a similar situation divorce getting fired you know losing a parent even right so this is something lots of friends and family and others so you you can have a dialogue um uh what is that word when it's a true dialogue or you know it's really coming uh, with someone and and they have experienced or felt or journeyed a similar journey um and i know having worked with our community for 10 years yeah a, a brain injury is is not the usual journey right so I can empathize and I can support and I can um, offer resources, but I don't know the journey. You know, one of the things, because this is so hard for people to understand and it's human nature, right? Like you said, if someone gets a divorce or someone dies, people are there bringing food and um, you know, they're checking on you. And then, you know, a few months goes by and then people just, fall off, right? right? It's just right. human nature. It's not intentional or on purpose. And so if you're still struggling, if, if you lost a spouse by death, it, it would be up to you to like pick up the phone, tell some of your good, yeah. hey, I'm lonely. Hey, can you still call me? And with brain injury, it's, it's kind of similar. Not kind of, it is similar. And I coach my clients and family members to identify you know, a handful of people that are in their inner circle. Right. Not everyone, but just yeah. like just their inner circle. And I give them specific things, sometimes even a script nice. for them to, to say to their family members about what's really going on, explaining, I know that I don't look any different, but my brain, you know, things have changed and mm -hmm. this is what's going on inside mm -hmm. and educate not only do I educate my clients, but I help them educate the people in their life right. about neuroplasticity and how long that goes on for, and that they're still struggling because there's, so, there's feelings of isolation, yeah. not only from the injured person, but the family. They just feel forgotten, misunderstood. And so the, the person that was injured in the family, they do need support and coaching to learn how to get the support they need mm -hmm. um, because people aren't, they just don't get it. Brain injury is just, you know, you either understand it or you don't. And if it hasn't touched your life, you're not going to understand it. I just, I miss so much right now in, in this, at this time, we're still, whoever listens to this, whenever we're still in COVID world right now. And we were talking today here, the staff and I, how much we miss our in-person events. Everyone's welcome. We really have strived for that, our entire existence as an organization, reaching those who are most vulnerable, reaching those who don't feel like they belong. That is such a, you know, a powerful piece. You know, you're absolutely right. The events that the Brain Injury Alliance offers, I love going to them because it's such a powerful connecting community. And you're always focusing on the strengths and the warrior spirit of the survivor. That, the warrior spirit's great, yeah. Lori. Thank you. 
Um, I do believe they're warriors because um, the courage that it takes to keep your head high and their hearts open and to keep walking forward is tremendous in my opinion. Um, and so I have so much respect um, for every single person that has crossed my path. You know, Lori, I love what you just said of warrior spirit. And that is a beautiful word that I want to do a whole episode on. So let's say thank you to Lori Weissman for her time today. And we will be chatting next time on the warrior spirit. So I look forward to a energetic time and hopeful session with you um, on the next episode. Thank you so much, Deborah, for inviting me. I always love uh, coming on this show and talking to you about this very important topic that's close to my heart. Yeah, you are one of the best. Um, so as we wrap it up, that's all for this episode of Brain Injury Today. If you want to get in touch with Lori, you can find her information in our show notes. And we'll continue our conversation next episode when we talk about finding hope amidst ambiguous loss. And look out for that by subscribing to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, be sure to give us a rating. And as always, you can find support from the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington by calling our resource line at 877-824-1766 or visiting BIAWA.org. Always know that you are not alone.